when I think back to what do I want people to remember about me, if they're going to remember me, I hope that a good chunk of that is the contributions I was able to make with my God-given talents in music. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome back, dear listeners, to Christ in All Things. I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. And we are joined today by... Daniel Eifert. Daniel Eifert. Uh, and we really enjoyed uh, learning about your name <laughs> and some of your musical family background, uh, which off-air led to a couple of conversations that, that we'll uh, not rehearse in total. Uh, but I do want to circle back, Dan, and talk just a little bit about um, your your marriage to your, your lovely bride yes. who sang with you at Valpo. Indeed. Uh, and that's where you met at mm-hmm. Valparaiso. Indeed. Uh, and that's where you asked her to marry you. Yes. And then you left. You left her in Valpo. And no. You, no and no, no, you no, went no. to Minnesota. So um, we both graduated together. Okay. We both graduated together. And um, she was, uh, here's the funny little story on this one. We both showed up at Valpo and uh, we were both pre-med majors at the time. I had, obviously, I'd had the background of, you know, whatever was going on with with music in the high school and whatnot, and that was a big part of why I chose Valpo, is because I knew that regardless of what course of study I wanted to go on to undertake, I knew that music was going to be there, and so, you know, looking at the colleges that I was looking at, I had a couple couple full rides that were offered to me, which was wonderful, but went up there and I just didn't quite feel the right fit musically. So went to Valpo and um, pre-med major along with Rochelle. Well, both of us had auditioned for the choir, made it not only into the main choir, but into the chamber choir for that Mm. year. So, you know, here we were every single day with choir rehearsal up until 6 p.m. And then only one cafeteria was open at that point. So Almost all of us headed right to that cafeteria for dinner. We were all got to be great friends, and those are still some of my best friends that I hold to to this day. And um, so that was that. In in the course of my study at Valpo, there I'm a, well, I finished up my chemistry major. I'll stick around and work in the chemistry labs. That was a wonderful job during college. And I thought, you know, my life, I want music. So added a music major my junior year. Finish that up. So double major in chemistry and music. Don't ask me too much about chemistry anymore because I just don't know that much. But um, anyway, um, and uh, 
she had kind of, she finished up her double degree in chemistry and biology. And after that, she decided maybe medical school wasn't the right choice for her. So she was looking to go into some research at that point. So she was heading all around the country trying to find that first job out of college. And one of the first jobs that, well, one of the big offers she had was to start working at a local hospital up in the Twin Cities, up in Minneapolis and St. Paul, and uh, working with diabetes research, of really? all things. So um, entry-level type position, but that's what brought her up there. Yeah. So uh, we uh, found our way to be living across the hall from each other in the same apartment complex. And so, you know, we were able to do dinner together pretty much every single night. It so, was all good. So she got a job <laughs> yes. in the in the Twin Cities. Yes. And you went to grad school. I went to grad school at the University of Minnesota. So, so that puts you both in the same location. Indeed. Again. Indeed. I assume that I assume the choice to go to grad school in Minnesota had a significant amount to do with making sure you sealed the deal with your girl. Or no, am I wrong? I was up in Minnesota before she moved up you there. You were. Okay. All right. So, you both know this about me. I'm a huge University of Michigan football fan. <laughs> Indeed. Right? Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so, one of her interviews that she had was going over to Ann Arbor with the University of Michigan in some sort of medical research. And I was cheering for her to get that job, but all at the same time, I'm like, I'm in Minnesota already, and I don't want to be separated from you. So, you know, God has mysterious ways of working. We'll just say that. Indeed. So, um Yes, yeah, so we're both in Minnesota. We're planning our wedding, and actually, we did get married here at St. Paul's. Neither of us were members at the time, but um, we knew the church. We knew of the church, and we knew that the the organ was a good instrument. And so here we were, kind of stepping in, saying, "We'd like to get married at your church." And talking with uh, Mrs. Blakey with. Pastor Krug, Pastor Borgman, about making all these arrangements. And I said, well, here's the thing. I would like to bring in my own organist, a.k.a. my brother. Mm. I'd like to bring in all the the musician friends from Valpo and from University of Minnesota. Two friends sang for us. A couple of friends played trumpet for us. I'd like to bring in my own pastor because, quite truthfully, my brother-in-law, Scott, is a pastor. And so he's going to come and marry us. So really it was a, can we use your building? And that's about it. So yeah. we did. And I, no problems whatsoever. It was wonderful. And um, so that's where we, we were married back here. Then after we were married, we spent another two years up at up in the Twin Cities. And um, at that point, we are headed off to follow her passion, which is now, you know, she's going to nursing school. So we were traveling all across the country. In fact, we were in New York State on September 10th. 2001. Wow. <laughs> so that's another story for another day. We were, we were fully safe. We were back in Minnesota by the time. So you're following her around yeah. while she's doing nursing stuff Correct. and you're trying, and you are trying to find singing gigs. Yeah. So that was, as a, it were. that was a, that was in the backseat at that point, which is fine. So uh, when I'm up in Minnesota, I'm singing, you know, doing all my schoolwork at the university of Minnesota, singing operas with them. I start singing with Minnesota Opera. Did quite a few productions for in the chorus there. I had a great time doing that, and uh, really my first foray into big time opera, and uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then I actually toured with uni- with Minnesota Opera for a year um, across 
Minnesota, across Wisconsin. We took the Barber of Seville out in a English mm. adaption and uh, played whatever theaters we could get. Also had a lot of time in schools where we would go and do a, we had a, a children's opera that had been written by one of the folks at Minnesota Opera, hmm. Birds, the Beasts, and the Ball Game. So that was a lot of fun. I think I was the bear, and we were taking <laughs> on, you know, all the beasts of the earth were taking on the birds. And so it was just a, a fun way to kind of... In a ball game. And a ball game. We had a ball game at the end. And um, so that was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, the kids, they would come in and sit on the gym floor while we kind of did the show in the middle of the gym. And it was a lot of fun. Um, during that same year, I also went out to Nevada, toured with Nevada Opera for about six weeks. Um, first real foray into anything in Nevada, and here I am staying in casinos for six straight weeks, about five weeks up in Reno, <laughs> one week down in Vegas. So it, it was a good time. And uh, you know, we took another another adaptation of The Barber of Seville out there and did that. For and you're relatively newly married at this time. Yes, and so it's been spending a fair amount of it's, time on the road. Um, we, in fact, the the weekend, we had to get back up to Minnesota fairly quickly after our wedding because here I was going to be going on tour, on a farm tour with University of Minnesota Opera. We were taking the Tenderland by Copeland out on the road. So I'm like, I got to get back up here. So that was a, it was a trying event right from the very start. But fortunately, we're still, we're stronger than ever. <laughs> But so for how, how many years, Dan, were you a, a touring, traveling vocalist? Just really one solid year. Okay. One solid year. And the what I was traveling with with Minnesota Opera, that was, um, it was a weekend here, it was a weekend there, it was a middle of the week here, middle of the week there, and then we were also doing a lot of stuff around the Twin Cities. Sure. So, and then we kind of came back for the spring because that's when their main stage season was and we were all in the chorus or taking small roles on or whatever the case might have been. So, and then we, uh, and then she wanted to go back to nursing school. Yeah. That was going to be her future. So we were in Baltimore. I assume Chicago. for master's degree stuff. Actually, she went back and got her bachelor of science in nursing. Okay. So it was a 13 month program. Incredibly intense. Yeah incredibly intense program so she um one of the visits we made was to chicago and she fell in love with loyola university did that program there so here we are moving to chicago and um you know took all the auditions that i could in chicago got a gig singing in the chorus with lyric opera in chicago offstage gig and i'm thinking to myself if it's this you know, and not that it was easy, but it was, uh, you showed up five minutes before the show, you went backstage and you sang your off bit off, off stage bits. And then we were released and I'm making money still for the next, however long the opera's going. It was a, a wonderful gig. And I went back to Lyric and did several on stage shows too. Um, started also singing there with Chicago Symphony Chorus was, a, was with Chicago Symphony Chorus for about 15 years, um, at Grant Park Music Festival, which of course is the big summer festival yeah. in Chicago, yeah. there for around fifteen years as well, and uh, really loved that. And uh, of course, as uh, as she finished up school, we uh, found ourselves um, expecting our first child and moved in from the family city way in the family way, and yeah. we uh, moved from our nineteenth floor apartment in Chicago, overlooking the lake. 
and moved out to our first home in Arlington Heights. Ah. And, uh, on the north side of Chicago. Uh, right? Northwest, northwest, northwest suburbs. Suburbs yeah. of Chicago, yeah. So right I'm still... There, right still, there on Highway 14. Yep. Yeah. Actually, we were we were just north of Highway 12. There, okay. So, yeah. But further north than that. A little and, northwest um, highway action. Indeed. Indeed. Yep. So I was still working downtown... Um, and uh, singing downtown all that I could. So taking the train in every morning or driving in and, you know, spent way too many hours in traffic in Chicago over my years there. And But the um, the singing became a big part of my life. It was, uh, you know, first of all, it was that perfect second job to have where it was it was quite fruitful as far as making the ends meet yeah and then it got to be a little bit more than that and as my as my day job continued to take on more responsibilities and you know increase in the on the totem pole if you will at at the in the office that was a it came time to start scaling back a little bit from that uh, and as the kids are scaling back from the day job, from the singing, from, from the, the singing, singing. Okay. and as the kids are getting older and, you know, wanting to be there for those soccer games as they're starting to play soccer games or basketball or whatever their events might have been. Um, and then that's, of course, uh, we made the big choice about six years ago to move up to Wisconsin, kind of moved home for my wife, Rochelle, and that's what brought us here, and uh, ever since we moved up here, I, I've continued singing from for a little bit here and there, but the focus right now is on the kids. It's on, on the home, which is just fine with me. Yeah. So you said day job. What were you doing for a day job all those years? So I, um, I fell backwards into insurance. Okay. I say that to all the, the folks that I work with, and I have people, I you know, I have people that work in the company that I do now, and they just laugh hilariously. You fell backwards in it because it's kind of how a lot of people come into insurance. So I'm a commercial business insurance underwriter. Okay. I uh, take a look at whatever account might be out there. I put some terms and some pricing together and give that back to that independent agent who goes out and sells it on my behalf, and we have success, hopefully. So all that math stuff that you were good back at, good at as a kid and were thinking about using sure. ended up sure. Although I, I hold to the fact that the liberal arts education that I have, always asking questions of what's going on here, what's going on there, that's probably served me better than any of the math skills. So, yep. so that's a lot of fun. That's a good advertisement for a liberal arts education. It is. It is. It is. It teaches so, you how to think. So <laughs> thank you. Um, now. That was all by digression, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we didn't what actually ask you what, what was your what next question. Thing. Do you the, want me to? The, back the, the question is: as you look back uh, at the top three to five things mm-hmm. that formed you into the person you are, uh, thanks for the digression into sure. your family story with you and, and Rochelle. Uh, what is that third thing? First was family. Mm-hmm. Second was church. Absolutely. What's third? Well, it is it's the music. Yeah. It's the music. I mean, it's really when this is going to be a little bit um, weird of, of a transition. But when I, when I think back to what do I want people to remember about me, if they're going to remember me, I hope that a good chunk of that is the contributions I was able to make with my God-given talents in music. Mm. You know, I not that I have a, a CD library of, re- of performances or anything like that. I don't. Um, but it is kind of funny, uh, fun 
to think back about all of the performance. Can't tell you how many Beethoven nines I've done, both from soloist and from chorus. Sure. And you know how many Verdi requiems have done and Brahms requiems and all of those spectacular pieces yeah. of music. And they are. And so you know those are those are near and dear to my heart. And sure. I, looking back to Valparaiso, I am so very very thankful that. You know, as a senior at Valpo, here I am singing Christ in St. John's Passion. Wow. That was, a, that was a, a big break that was given to me by my teacher at the time, Christopher Koch, and I'm so very, very thankful for his presence. And then then he goes and sets up this thing called the Bach Institute, the Valparaiso University Bach Institute. And um, I'm very thankful to say that for most all of those performances – he had a fairly steady bass soloist, namely me. And yeah. I'm so thankful for those opportunities, which led to other opportunities. And, you know, getting to travel with that with that choir, with the VU Chorale, over to Germany for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Wow. You know, and being, to, being able to be at the St. Thomas Church in Leipzig on the morning of October 31st, looking down at my watch after thinking... This has been a lengthy service, and it's four hours in, yeah. and we're not <laughs> done yet. <laughs> oh, so boy. you know, and it is, and then you know, getting on the bus and driving thirty minutes, whatever it is, out to um, to Wittenberg to sing a hymn festival at the Castle Church nice. on the thirty first of October. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Twenty seventeen. So I mean, just the opportunities that have availed themselves to me. It's it's been spectacular. Yeah. So music, singing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have really formed you. Yes. Uh, and my guess is uh, that started long ago with your dad's job and your mom's job and the, the family, you beat the family, which mm-hmm. is number one. Yeah. Right. And their participation in the life of the body of Christ at his church, which is number two. Absolutely. So m- music is really tied into both of Absolutely. those. Absolutely. I kind of want to ask. A music question. Yeah, go for if it. If I may. Since since we since we have you, and quite frankly, since I have a daughter going down at least potentially an analogous path in classical music. Yep. Not been something right, that wasn't my world growing up at all. But you know, you you it just it I wasn't gonna go this way, but you were talking about you know, your exposure to extraordinary music. Yes. And how that changed you. Yes. Um, why should your average Joe, like me, expose him or herself, as it were? You know, why should the average person have some literacy, as it were, with, with classical music? It is going to open up new feelings within you. It's going to open up new avenues to hear, to hear music. For that matter, I mean the works of Shakespeare on on the on the play side. It's a similar analogy. All those beautiful works of art that so many fantastic artists have left us over the years—the sculptors, the painters, whatever—it opens up an eye into the past, and those works that continue to this day allow us a path for the future as well. Um, there is, 
I am a fan of new music, and I'm talking about classical music here. I, I will, I'll put that codifi- codification on there. Um, the um, there is a pa- there. I'm a fan of new music. I always joke that if a new piece is written and we're performing it, I'm probably going to not like it <laughs> while we're performing it. Of course, I give it my all. I do do whatever I can to make certain that the performance is as good as possible, but I'm not going to like it. But it's in the weeks it's in the months following that that i still have those tunes going through my head and i'm like now it makes sense now i'm understanding it and then quite truthfully it turns into a now i love it yeah i just i just adore it there is a there is a there's a there's the power to um to remain with some great works of art music theater visual arts that you know god gave those skills to those many many people throughout history and continues to do so today and he's not wrong <laughs> you know that it's it's in, it's interesting that you raise that because i think there's some stuff that we listen to say on the radio that we like mhm the vast 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 majority of it overwhelming majority of it we know is really going to be here today and gone tomorrow or like that's why they call it pop music yep and it's popular but it, it, you i mean you you the way you said this and i don't know whether you borrowed the phrase or not but it's the, you you encounter some music that has the power to remain mm-hmm. and it that's it's that's a to say corny, but it's a deeply spiritual thing. Well, it's a connection to the past, and you you know when you listen to it. There's a couple of these newer hymns that we're singing yeah. that I know we're going to be singing a yeah. hundred year a hundred years from now. There's mm-hmm. a you know God's own child. We're going to be singing that 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 listeners is the is the is music the hymn at the music. beginning at the yes. beginning and the end yeah. of our of our of our podcast here. We're going to sing. We're going to be singing that in a hundred years. I, he did borrow the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was this guy who said, um, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you may bear fruit and that fruit should remain. Uh, once again, seeing Christ in all things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that there, there is, uh, as Dan has said so rightly, a God-given gift that used in service to his kingdom remains. The crazy thing is a lot of these classical works that you've sung, mm-hmm. some of which I've sung, yep. um, do remain. They stick in your head. And I think part of that is they're proclaiming the ancient story. They are. Of salvation in Christ and in Christ alone. Uh, and, and I do think, Pastor O'Donnell, that you're right that some of these hymns that we've uh, stumbled upon <laughs> here at St. Paul's, uh, not everyone likes them yet, but they're going to be around for a long time. Uh, another one that sticks out, well, there's two more that stick out for me. Uh, one of them is uh, The Gifts Christ Freely Gives. Right? You've sung that one. Uh, and a bit. and one, one that maybe doesn't come from our organ, but I still think is going to be around the church for a good long time uh, is, oh, church arise. Yep. I think so too. Because of the richness of the text. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's another one that's coming up uh, that. And there's a, that, and there's a triumphal. Well, 
there is a a rooted triumphalism in that yeah. in that hymn yeah. that that confesses that, our brokenness confesses in and allows you to to cling to what's ahead yeah. even in the midst of the garbage you may be yeah. in through in the present yeah. one of my favorite things in going to worship with my oldest son who's a, again a senior in high school right now is we'll open up to that hymn whatever number might be shown on that board and then he opens it up and he finds it seven nine ten verses and he looks at me and we have fun with this now of course there's <laughs> the, the oh <laughs> we're gonna that sing he expresses and i i chuckle every single time but you know what you can't do only a portion of those verses because most of those hymns, and they're probably from many, many centuries ago, but there's a reason why there's so many verses, is because we need to go through the entire story of Christ. We need to find out that we're broken. We need to find the reason for our Savior. We need to find that the Savior came, that he lived, suffered, died. Those are my, I chuckle, it happens not often here at this church, but it does happen from time to time where we leave Christ in the grave. You know, communion yeah. will have ended. We're looking to move on with the service, and we're ending after verse three of that seven verse hymn. And like, um, that's not a good way to leave it. Yeah, because we, we need to we go have, to verse we four, try and to, five, and six, and seven. We try says, to. He, he has risen. He yeah. has. He's in yeah. heaven. He's. It's glorious now. So even when we don't get to the actual gospel, right, <laughs> or to the resurrection, we yes. try to make sure that we end on a that verse that includes the, the gospel. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, Dan, there's there's three family, church, music, is there, we're, we're coming kind of toward our, the end of our time. Is there a fourth or fifth the, thing that shaped you? The last one is, um, it's my children. Whom you've mentioned many times. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will forever until, until the day that I'm talking about them in heaven. So, Amen. you know. One, two, three. Yes. Never works. Yeah. What exactly. is it about the kids? You know, I, I learned a lot about myself when those kids came along, learned a lot more about how it's not about what I want. It's about, you know, there, there's a lot of other forces in the world and most importantly from our Lord and Savior that are acting upon this. And it's just figuring out what is my role in that? What's my pathway in that? How do I continue to encourage them? I mm using some gestures right now. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say the word push, but encourage them to make smart choices on their own to, you know, make certain that they stay rooted in the church. You know, my oldest is going to be going to college next year. I, I foresee. And, you know, I've already told them, I said, wherever you go, dad's job, dad's job is going to be making certain that we find you a place where you can continue to worship. Yeah. I take that job on myself and a, course, you know, I will give you my findings and we'll reach out to pastors, we'll reach out to family members, whatever the case might be. So it's making certain that they stay in there and that hopefully as, as they grow, marry, have children of their own, that they continue that into that next generation and so on and so forth. Handing down the faith one generation mm -hmm. at a time. Yeah, you have a, you do have a great heritage in that. No, isn't, I mean, I'm going back Behind yeah. your parents, there's there's church workers in your grandparents' generation Absolutely. as well, right? Absolutely. So my my on my dad's side of the family, the um they emigrated to the United States into Minnesota as Lutheran pastors who were kind of taken from Germany and put into Minnesota, and um, 
I, I don't remember the exact thing, but it was my great-great-grandmother or something like that nominated woman, a Lutheran Woman of the Year in some <laughs> random year. I Don't ask me the details. Because out of her, what, 11 children, of which eight were boys, all eight were pastors, wow. Lutheran pastors, and the daughters that married um, were married to Lutheran pastors, and then out of the next generation, you know, 20 or so grandsons were all Lutheran pastors. And so it's, it's in there. It's ingrained in there. So that's a pretty amazing story. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, we're super thankful to have, I mean, it, we're super thankful to have your family here. Amen. Yeah. On a, on a whole, on a whole host of levels. It's, it's kind of funny. I was just thinking as you were talking, cause you have, you know, you have clergy in your own and mm-hmm. called church workers, uh, your brother, your sister, um, to think of you as kind of the black sheep that's not a church worker <laughs> because you guys are so involved in so many different ways. It's uh, I, I love it. You know, R- Rochelle's co-head of the your wife co-head of the Sunday school Absolutely. here. Absolutely. You know, and you were you know you sing for us, but mm-hmm. you were an elder, and now you're a vice president on mm-hmm. our church leadership team. And you know, your kids have been active and. Um, Thinking of Dan as the black sheep makes me love him even more. Isn't it? It's it's kind of great. It does. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have black sheep right now. Oh no, some not of at us all. do. Some of us have. <laughs> yeah, I could see you were a problem. <laughs> but oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, friends, it's Dan. It's been great to have you absolutely with us. This I've has been, been look, fun. I've been looking forward, and um, I think we'd both love to have. I know. I know that. Music is such a big deal for us. I mean, it's near the top of the list, maybe number one. For of you. the things that formed me in my life, music sure. is number so, one. So, you know, sure. we, ta- we talk about music a fair amount here for for similar and different reasons, the two of us. I know that those conversations related to music are going to continue in the future here on yep. this podcast. And so we'll look forward at some point to having you back and talking talking Church further about that. We better. just began to touch on some. I mean, it, that would be... You know the to get a professional's opinion. At what? Well, yeah, and and somebody who's lived in it. There's there's a, there's some great conversations. I think just kind of roundtable yeah. potentially with with us and and potentially some others to talk about music and the life of the church and and to try and expand people's repertoires. Sure, sure. And expose the expose them. You know, because some sometimes you know that some of the music that you talk about is is so foreign that. Well, I, I love to hear. I loved hearing about your children's opera thing about breaking down the barriers because then exposed. Just, yeah. As you were talking, I was you know when I was in college and it, I was kind of an athlete. I hated soccer growing up. Sorry, Pastor Shockman, I know that was your thing. And Dan's son is a yeah, serious absolutely. goalie, potent, yep. you know, college athlete in yep. the future, a soccer player. I didn't care for it at all. And then I was in foreign study in Madrid, in Spain, and me and my classmates went to the stadium. I forgot what it's called. And saw Real Madrid play yeah. the oh. great the great Spanish team, yeah. Yeah. and it was a symphony, and mm-hmm. it uh, it changed. Okay, now I get it. Now you get it. Now now I get it. it. Now you saw it as a beautiful game, it, right? Because it, it really it, is. It was it you know seeing it at that level was, you know, and it gave me appreciation for a whole host of. And it's like that with music. It's like that with other things. If, if you allow yourself to be exposed and to give it a shot to experience a, a, it. a, a world a world that transcends time opens before So, you. shameless plug, uh, October 20th, 
we have, 2023, 2023, mm-hmm. uh, we have the Concordia University, uh, Chicago, Capella, coming here to St. Paul's to for an evening concert at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Lord willing, if you're free that night, and and not, this podcast is and this published podcast before is that. published before then, <laughs> uh, and you're not at a uh, high school conference championship I, football I will, game. I will be here uh, that night because I have a nephew that's also singing we, in that chorus. So. We, will, we would love to invite you, the community, to come to hear that choral concert. And it's not just a concert. It's a, it's a hymn festival. And so you'll get to sing, too, mm-hmm. along with them. Uh, and just to expose yourself to some, some music that maybe isn't what you hear on the radio on the regular. But will be beautiful. And a, and a wonderful gift for you. Well, folks, thanks you for joining us on Christ in All Things. We'll talk to you next time. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristinAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristinAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in all things to you as a gift, but it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in all things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristinAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in all things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping. And a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.